It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 222 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, November 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Of course, Locked On Raptors is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Please go to the network, find the shows that you like, find hosts that you like, subscribe, rate and review to the shows, check out the Fan Rag Network of Locked On Network blogs. Uh, it's uh, There's a lot of, lots of great content coming down from all the people across the network and some other writers as well, uh, so please do that. Uh, you can find our show, Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Please leave a rating or a review. It's the easiest way to help out the show, show that you care, uh, and I do appreciate anyone who takes the time. Uh, I'm just going to blow through this intro because we got a good guest today, Justin Rowan from uh, Fear the Sword from Leverage of the Chats. The Chase Down podcast uh, came on to do a mailbag podcast with me. Um, lots of good questions in here. Thanks to anyone who sent them in. And uh, we're just going to get to it right now. We're going to roll through. And uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to Justin's podcast. The Chase Down is great. Uh, obviously, they're doing amazing things over there at Leverage, Leverage the Chat and uh, the Basketball Friends and Spotlight Media. So please go and check out Justin's podcast with Carter Rodriguez, who is also excellent. And I think has been on the show. If not, he will be on the show at some point soon. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please, again, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm going to have the recap for the Raptors game tonight against the Bulls. Uh, so look for that on RaptorsHQ.com. And I'll have something again on Wednesday recapping the game for a podcast and uh, maybe some written stuff as well. I'm also hosting this week. Uh, if you're up at 6 in the morning, you can check out me co-hosting on the radio uh, from 6 to 9 each day for the next two days. I did it Tuesday morning. I'm doing it Wednesday, Thursday as well on TSN 1150 in Hamilton. So if you want to hear me talk about just uh, a, whole bunch of us, a whole bunch of sports, other sports, um, other than basketball, you can definitely tune in there and hear that. So please do that, uh, tsn1150.ca. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the Mailbag Podcast with Justin Rowan, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Cheers. 
All right, joining me now on Locked on Raptors to dive into a very full mailbag podcast from Leverage the Chats, the Chase Down podcast. It's Justin Rowan. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've gotten very famous since the last time you had John. So uh, congrats on all of the success and uh, thanks for hanging out with the little. <laughs> thanks for hanging with the little people. You have already dramatically overstated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry if there's any audio quality issues. It's Justin's fault. Just so you know, uh, we should be fine. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we'll be okay. Uh, so yeah, we got a bunch of questions here. First, though, I want to ask you about memes. I suppose uh, LeBron with the mood tweet last night or the Instagram post. I don't know. I can't keep track of the track of this stuff. I all I know is that it, it's messing with my internal clock because I usually expect the cryptic LeBron tweet to come around Christmas and. For it to be early November, it's uh, it's kind of messing me up. Well, apparently, uh, after doing some investigative research, the the theory now, especially with LeBron missing practice to attend to a personal matter, um, it, it seems like this is related to the DM slide that he got busted with. Um, and I don't know if you saw that, but um, that is apparently the theory, and he he had to take care of that. Either way, it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to have a little chaos early in the season. The Cavs have been the Cavs. They're pretty good at that. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll uh, I'm sure they'll figure things out. They'll stop playing Derrick Rose at some point this season. Maybe he'll be cut at some point. God, I hope so. Yeah, he's he's so bad. Uh, Other stuff going on in the NBA. I guess the original kind of expectation of what the the mood thing was about was maybe the Celtics winning nine in a row how is this uh how's this registering with you because I know you are a, a lover of Kyrie's work or at least a past lover of his work mm-hmm. well I'm still a fan of him as a player and it's kind of nice to on some levels to be proven right yeah um just it, it's frustrating that I had to come in this situation that it's to the detriment of the Cavs but I I mean it, Clearly, he, he's a good player that is capable of leading a team. And the on-off numbers when he was playing with Jordan McRae, Amon Schumpert, Channing Frye, and like Richard Jefferson, no longer um, are, are holding back uh, the, the lineup numbers. So yes, he can actually win a game without LeBron. Yeah, congrats to Kyrie. Uh, the Celtics are already insufferable, um, as is Celtics Twitter. As are all the famous people who follow the Celtics and love the Celtics, and I'm hoping the streak ends soon so we can stop t- treating them like the 2014-15 Hawks. But I feel like they're going to be that team all season that everyone just loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're. Um, I mean, without Hayward, obviously, it, it changes the complexion of their season. Um, they're probably not as as serious of a contender as they would be, or not not capable of taking advantage of the Cavs dysfunction or, or uh, not as capable as they would be if they had them um, obviously now Milwaukee's a little bit interesting with Bledsoe being there but um, yeah I, I think they're going to they're going to be a fun team this year speaking of Milwaukee that gets to our first mailbag question this one comes from VTech Poppy at Lomo 23 he sent in like five questions as he tends to do for these things uh, very much appreciate the the content he provides uh, how much more destructive have the Bucks become now that Bledsoe is going there? Justin, I'll start with you. Um, I I would say a fair bit. Um, obviously, health is a uh, concern with Bledsoe, and you, you never know. I mean, I mean, Chris Middleton is still trying to find his form. Jabari Parker needs to come back from his, his ACL tears. Um, but if that team gets fully healthy, like Middleton at his best 
is a really dynamic player that can do so many things on the court. Uh, when you pa- package that with Brogdon, Bledsoe, uh, Tony Snell, Giannis, obviously, uh, Thon Maker, who who's still looks pretty good uh, and is now going to be playing a bigger role with Monroe out, that's just a team with so much length. And, and when you look at um, what has given teams like the, the Raptors and Cavs trouble in the past is teams like Milwaukee that will take advantage of mistakes that, that will force you, trap you, and, and force you to make quick decisions on the fly. Um, they could be really destructive in the playoff series, and maybe they're a year or two away. Uh, but when you have someone as good as Giannis, uh, this feels like a team that powered by one superstar and a lot of defensive capability, uh, they can make a, a similar run to LeBron in 2007 where they, they just upset better and older teams. Yeah. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I was thinking, like, the thing about the Bucks for me is that before this trade, and even still now a little bit, like, there's just a lot of dead weight on the roster that doesn't help. And uh, you kind of end up playing, like, six guys in a playoff series and trying to rely on those guys. And a lot of them are unreliable because, you know, they're young guys like Thon McCurr last year or, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, a rookie last season. And asking him to do all that was kind of unfair. Um, but now I just think, like, having Bledsoe, that's one more useful player. They can play some freaky-ass lineups where they could play, like, Brogdon, Bledsoe, Middleton, Parker, and Giannis at five and just kind of mess with teams. Um, but I still kind of just feel like the the upside there is limited because I don't think Jason Kidd's a good I don't think Jason Kidd's a good coach at all. His system on defense it's like he's the, awful. It's the equivalent his defensive system and like Kevin Arnovitz kind of outlined what the goal of the uh, the system is in his recent piece on the Bucks and on the Low Post podcast. But like the the theory behind their defense it's like equivalent to a team playing full court press in college and like you just you can't do it for an entire game. It's so. It just drains all of your energy to trap and recover and rotate the way they have to to make it work. And when it doesn't work, it is disastrous. And we've seen them be at best an average defense the last couple of years and usually a little bit below that. And so I still think they have some issues to figure out. I think Jason Kidd has to go before they can really hit another higher plane. But the Bledsoe thing helps. That's just another good player that's less minutes that Matthew Dellavedova is playing. And I know you're a fan. Um, and it's just... It's a it's a good move that they didn't give up a whole lot for him. Monroe was going to be gone after the season anyway. The first round pick, I mean, the Bucks are one of these teams that kind of waste first round picks, it seems. And so trading one away doesn't help. But having Bledsoe come back the other way, if he's healthy, if he plays the way he did last year where he had a career season, then it's probably going to be a nice move for the Bucks. I'm not sure this season if I if it puts them above, say, the Washington, Toronto, uh, Boston kind of you know trio of teams that i still think are two through four in the east but i think it gets them much closer to being just directly in that group and making it a foursome of teams so um i think it's a good move 
Uh, oh, absolutely. And yeah. I, I mean, you got to make the most of Giannis's window. I mean, yeah. he does seem like somebody that, that is going to stick around. But, I mean, Kevin Durant looked like that uh, when he initially signed his deal in OKC. Like, guys eventually are, are going to want to, to be competitive and competitive right away. And um, leveraging a little bit of your future, you're not going to be good enough for that pick to, to really matter. I mean, it's not every day that you, you get someone in the 20s that's going to make a difference. No, not everyone can be OG. So, um, <laughs> a, former, a pick that formerly belonged to the Bucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Grievous Vasquez. Uh, you, you're yeah, no kidding. Good soldier. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, all right, next question here, also from VTech Poppy, the second of his three or four. Uh, why are we the only franchise cursed at the small forward and power forward positions? Uh, do you have any answers, Justin? Um, there have to be other teams. I don't know. Yeah, there, there, there definitely are other teams. Um, I, I think in the past, like to some extent, I do side a little bit with Damari in, in terms of the ball movement seems to, or lack thereof, um, has impacted the the ability of a lot of shooters like there's a lot of guys that just stand around waiting for shots waiting for shots and they're they're not in rhythm for when they do eventually get their open shots mm-hmm. uh, i think that's that's been a bit of a factor um but overall yes toronto has had awful awful luck uh, damari carroll for all his complaining the biggest issue was that he couldn't stay healthy um even going back i mean you look at joey graham Rizul butler you know turkaloo like there's just so many horror stories that hopefully og is going to be one of the exceptions there um just to some extent the the blame goes on the guys that have been brought in um but overall it, it just seems like even when they make a smart signing there it just doesn't work out how could you forget Linus Klaza? Come on. Um, oh, I had hopes for Linus. Perhaps really the dog. Yeah, perhaps the dog poopiest of all the dog poop they've they've, they've signed in the past. Um, <laughs> it's, no, he's the, up there. Yeah. Placing expectations on OG to fix the Raptors' small forward position is uh, is about as high of an expectation as you. That's like asking Jason Tatum to be a starter on a playoff team. Uh, it's, it's very lofty for yeah, okay. I think he's going to regress to the mean a little bit. Yeah, here's hoping because God, they're already insufferable. Um, next question, officer from Vitek Poppy. Bruno has a 43.2 defensive rating. Is he the answer? Will he be our savior? Uh, this is the same Bruno who accepted an assignment to the D League today, so that's nice. Or the G League, I suppose. Yeah, I, I'm done with him. <laughs> next. <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think a lot of people are with you there. Um, well, this one <laughs> relates to Bruno. We can just get it out of the way. Uh, from 40 and dunking at midlife vertical. Here's another one. What's the number one thing Jerry Stackhouse and 905 coaching staff should be having Bruno focus on? Justin. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much. Like, I, I think his shooting motion is actually fine. Um He's shown the ability to to play good defense. I think he just doesn't understand the sport very well, or like he doesn't process it at an NBA level. That's not to say he's not a, a smart player. It, it is something that takes time, especially with how young he was coming in. Um, but to make the reads at a level that he would need to in order to be a valuable NBA contributor um, is going to be something that 
falls on him. He needs to dedicate himself to that. He needs the playing time and making the most of it and making the most of every possession because um, the Raptors are a good team and don't have time for a full-blown project. So um, that's that's my serious answer for a player that I am very, very done with. (laughs) I think Bruno is the on-court equivalent of uh, Derek Rose stands on Twitter in that their basketball IQ is very low. Uh, there might have been a time where they had a place, but I call them we men Twitter. Um, <laughs> and at least, at least Bruno seems a little more likable. Yeah, that's that's fair. He's uh, with the milk mustache and whatnot. Uh, also from Forty and Dunking, what will it take for Dwayne Casey to admit that Ibaka plus JV on the floor at the same time is defensive quicksand and get Pirtle and Siakam etc. to start? Uh, First of all, I don't think they're changing the starting five. I think Casey probably knows deep down that it doesn't work defensively, but I don't know. What do you think? I think everyone knows it doesn't work. I mean, Ibaka being so bad defensively has been uh, a big disappointment. But, I mean, they knew what they were getting into with Giannis. Uh, they tried to move him this summer. They weren't able to. Um, I, I guess to some extent they're shopping him and they're hoping that um, more ball movement means that he's going to be more productive offensively because he is a good offensive player and he's a good rebounder, um, but he's just such a zero on defense that he, he's a net negative half the time uh, or more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's going to, those two are going to start together unless one of them gets traded. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see, we saw in the playoffs last year, Dwayne put uh, Valanciunas on the bench against the Cavs and against the, the Bucks as well, and like, it was fine, there's reasons that it works and reasons it, it doesn't work, and I've gone into it a, a ton of times on this podcast, because uh, we rehash the same things all the time, but I, I think there's if there's someone who's going to move out of the starting five, it's JV for sure, and maybe we'll see a Siakam or someone like that start, because I think Ibaka can work next to pretty much any of the, any of the other bigs, maybe not... Bebe, just because I don't think Bebe is quick enough to cover for Ibaka, but uh, I think Pirtle and Siakam can both play sort of the, you know, in essence the four on defense and sort of make up for Ibaka's lack of quickness and just keep Ibaka near the rim where he actually is pretty good and he still has ability to be a rim protector. It's just when he gets out on the perimeter we saw against like Markeith Morris and Kelly Oubre in the last game, it just didn't work. Um, and that was kind of the, the, the Wizards are an extreme example because they don't really have a traditional you know, big bruising four it's just they pretty much go small the entire game with Morris and Oubre and Porter but um like I think it is kind of indicative that Ibaka is not a guy who can play the four at this point effectively and they're kind of hamstrung by having too many good players and having too many guys who have de- who deserve minutes uh and obviously JV and Ibaka making so much money like you have to play them but um I think I don't think Casey's going to be so like staunch in the starting five like he's already criticized the starting five quite a bit I don't think he's like moving the moving JV off the bed to the bench like off the table. I think that should be something that is in his mind, and I think it will be in his mind as the season goes on. Right. Maybe the key for Toronto is just not paying players because it's only <laughs> do that that everything goes bad unless you're Demar Derozan. 
Well, thankfully, all the like ten players on the roster make no money in our rookie deal, guys. So uh, I guess the numbers are in their advantage here. Uh, next one here from Raps Fan at Raps Fan One Two Three Seven is OG more of a young Scotty Pippen, a young Kawhi Leonard, or some sort of young player who would have had more talent than the whole Monstars team combined? What are your thoughts? We don't need to answer this one in, in, seriously, but like, what's your original, like, your, your first impressions on OG? Because God, he's he's really fun. He is really really smart for how little time he's been in the NBA like his fastball IQ is really impressive um, when he dribbles like it's surprising for a guy of his size um, he keeps his head up the whole time like he's making reads when he's going up for a layup he's still trying to read what the defense is doing and you see him make those nice little dump off passes and stuff like that rather than just okay I've picked up the ball I've made up my mind I'm going at the basket um, actually him and Yak uh, the two of them just have a lot of basketball IQ and it, it's really really impressive to me, especially when you consider how little uh, basketball IQ a lot of the roster has had over the last few years. Did you see the thing I tweeted yesterday, the video of Jonas? I, I, I don't look at your tweets. Oh, fair well, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, uh, if you want to check that out, just look at my the video I tweeted of Jonas's defense on what I can't even describe as a, as a Gortat Beal pick and roll because it never got that far because Jonas screwed it up before the original screen was even set. It was amazing, and my favorite was uh, there, there was another one, too, in that game where uh, Gortat set a screen for Beal. Jonas didn't come up to hedge at all. He, like, sat in the paint, yeah. yet somehow Gortat still got the inside rebounding position on, on the make. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... The Hive is going to come after you, though. Probably. I mean, they've, I think I've established myself as a, a not a safe space for the Hive on this podcast, so I think they know to go okay. elsewhere with their, with their scorn. <laughs> And you know, that game against the Wizards, like that is the entire like that's the campaign, that's the ad, that's like the the campaign commercial for the anti hive, essentially. <laughs> right, right. That was such a brutal game, but yeah, OG man, he's uh, you know, you make the point of him like always kind of surveying. I think it's almost been to his detriment at this point because like he'll go up and he'll like have a free lane to the basket, but he'll be looking for a pass instead of just dunking on someone's head. And I think eventually he'll... he gets his athleticism back. Like oh, he's yeah. still he's still working his way back. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, you can see too, like the little flashes. Like it's not quite there as you said, but like he'll sort of break in from the baseline, and it's like, oh, this guy, his first step is something. And yeah, I'm uh, his shot is wonky, and he makes some weird decisions sometimes on offense, but uh, and defense too, I guess. But he's a rookie, so. It's totally to be expected. I think he's second right now in terms of box plus minus among rookies behind Ben Simmons, which is uh, wild. And obviously he's not putting up the numbers that Simmons is, but it's it's a nice indicator of how far he is along just intellectually as a player. Um, Next one here from Lisa Helene uh, at Raptor Girl SK. Uh, The question that comes up often, what to do about Jonas? Uh, We've kind of touched on this a little bit. I don't know. The, the Cross one of, your fingers. Hope yeah. someone's dumb enough to trade for him. Well, one of the sexy teams that people like to just pawn his salary off onto has been the Suns. Uh, now they have Greg Monroe, so uh, I don't think that's going to happen. That was never going to happen anyway, because why would they take on just a better Alex Len? Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, 
I don't know. I, like, Jonas has utility. We've seen that he has games and certain matchups that he thrives in, and that's good to have on your team. And over the course of a season, you're going to want, like, 10 to 12 really good Jonas games, and he's going to be able to provide those. It's just, I think you have to sort of, I think Casey has to have, a, like, a, a quicker pull with him um, and just sort of not be afraid to just trust Jakob Pertl with, like, 25 minutes and give Jonas 15 or 10 minutes if he's not playing well or if the matchup calls for it. Uh, and I think he's probably going to... I mean, he's always been... That's been one of the biggest things about the Hive. They are, they get mad at Casey for not playing Jonas enough. Um, and I think he, he's shown that he's okay to give him a quick hook in the past. But I think he needs to even be more sort of on top of it. And just, like, if it's if it doesn't look like Jonas has it in the first few minutes, just, like, don't play him very much. Because it, like, it doesn't get much better from the start to the finish with Jonas. You can kind of tell two minutes in if he's going to have a good night or not. Yeah, yeah. The the risky thing is though is I I hate putting labels on players, especially when you're not around them all the time. But he does appear to at least to some extent to be a headache, a head case. Like um, if he isn't getting consistent minutes, you can tell he's visibly frustrated and and he checks out. So it's almost like you have to cater to him to some extent to to hope that he's playing well. Um, but then if you are giving him the quick hook, it, then you, you all, all of a sudden you may be wandering into like a Bargnani situation where after making one mistake, he's looking over his shoulder to see if Rosho's checking in. <laughs> like, um, I, I don't think you necessarily want a repeat of that, but uh, I, I don't know what else you can do at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure that's an entirely fair label to put on him. Um, just no, because, no, no, and yeah. I, I don't know either, but there, there's certainly those symptoms present yeah. to some extent. In the playoffs last year, he was like very, he very much embraced the role of going to the bench, I think. Um, and like he could kind of have a reawakening as like one of these sort of new wave six men, I suppose, in the Greg Monroe sort of uh, mold. And, you know, maybe he can be successful there. I just, I think. What the Raptors want to do with their second units often runs counter to what Jonas does as a player, so that's the issue for me. But um, I just think Jonas can be successful. We've seen him be successful next to like Patrick Patterson in the past. Like I just think it, it's all about who he's playing with in the front court, really. And just him and Ibaka, you know, the, the the political decision is to start them both right now, and it might be for the entire season. And you deal with that. And like I don't, I don't think it's going to cost the Raptors a playoff spot if those guys are playing together all season. Like just one of the compromises you have to make in the regular season to get through 82 games and keep egos in check and to keep the chemistry of the locker room going. Um, but as long as they get to the playoffs and they realize like what Jonas's limitations are, and I think they've done that in the past. Like we saw it last year. Um, and we can also kind of pencil in when Jonas is going to have a good series too. Like if the Raptors come across the Heat in round one, you know, pencil in Jonas to be pretty good because he kind of beats up on guys like Hassan Whiteside. Um, and that's where his Whiteside value is. Whiteside is also a terrible defender. Yeah, Whiteside's trash. Uh, but yeah, Jonas, like he has, uh, there are times where he's very valuable to you and you won't realize how much you miss him if you just like pawn him off or nothing until you come across a team that like normally he would he would beat up and then you're losing on the rebounding re- battle and things like that and you don't have easy buckets inside uh, and you, you'll miss him when it comes to the point where you're playing the Pistons or whatever or the Clippers in a finals um, and so yeah I think you know I think it once you get to the playoffs it'll be about managing where he's playing and just sort of being smart with it and I don't think it's going to kill them in the regular season regardless. It'll be annoying, and it'll be the thing that people harp on all season long probably. The same as like Luis Scola starting at the power forward spot a couple seasons ago. But ultimately, I think the Raptors will still win a bunch of games, even if they have Jonas and Ibaka out there squandering you know, big first quarter deficits because they can kind of recover because the rest of their players are pretty good. 
Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, next one here from Jeremy Collins. Uh, is Dwayne Casey the coach of the Raptors as of the trade deadline? Uh, I don't think this is a question. I think, yeah, he's, he's been good this yeah, season. He's, he's been actively good this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, everyone likes to, to blame the coach rather than the players because the coach is easier to replace. Yeah. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it. Uh, that's gonna do it for the mailbag. Thanks for jumping on and going through these, man. This is uh, no problem. A- any any opportunity to be a little snarky. Yeah, I, well, I live for it. That's pretty much how we do here. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Obviously, you have the podcast, but anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, well, I mean, the podcast is the main thing. Um, rate, review, subscribe, and you know what? Do the, do that. Do that for this pod too, man. Um, total listeners, it's it's the nicest thing you can do. I mean, I, I hate Sean and I left him a nice review because that's, that's that's the type of guy I am. So e- even if even if you hate both of us, leave us both reviews because it, it's a good way to support us. And the more exposure we get, uh, the more people that are listening, the quicker this industry can kick us out and realize that we're total fraud so help, <laughs> help us find our own end because that's that's all we really need in life <laughs> justin i hate how's you too buddy that, that was great i hate you too buddy thanks for coming on uh i i loathe the idea of doing this again one time but i'm sure we will uh have a good one buddy works for me talk to you later reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.